I'd like to welcome everyone to the Florence Weinberg Show. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, Dr. Florence Byham Weinberg, and she's the author of 16 books. We tell you all the time, and the 17th one coming uh, on the way, and that'll be her memoir, and I can't wait to wait to read that. Uh, she's been the subject of a long radio series. Now she's her, her own host, radio and podcast, uh, also subject of a documentary. Without further ado, Dr. Weinberg, how are you? I'm doing fine, thank you. Well, listen, and, I'm doing. I, yeah. I, I can hear you are doing fine, also. Yeah, I'm doing fine. How is uh, how is Ted Cruz doing? That's that's my question. <laughs> Ted Cruz, uh, and he's got a couple of opponents. We'll uh, we'll see how that all shakes up. But that's something you'll be talking about today. That's right. That's right. I'll be uh, I'll be talking about the situation actually as much as uh, as about the men, but uh, about all three of them. Um, and I don't think anybody uh, on the Republican side is interested in taking Ted's place. So, so it's the two Democrats that we'll be talking about. Yeah. So, yeah, no Republican primary, which is interesting. So that it's just basically, uh, you know, two people killing each other for the right to run against Ted Cruz, who will be obviously well-funded and, uh, and big name recognition in, in a, a very Republican state of Texas. Yes, absolutely. Uh, okay, well, I'll just go into it then. Uh, first of all, the situation is that this past week, uh, we had the usual free-for-all gun violence and the use of semi-automatic guns made for mass slaughter. Um, but it wasn't the worst week. A um, couple of weeks ago, July 29th to 30th, this is weekend, uh, weekend weekend records, we might say. Uh, there were nine shootings um, this past weekend. There were only five wow. <laughs> mass oh my shootings God. Uh, and nine shootings between July 29th to 30th, um, with five dead and 56 wounded. Um, but Jeez. this past weekend, nine were killed and three of them in Jackson, in Jacksonville, Florida. And uh, the shooter was a white boy, young man, uh, who was after black people. And he shot a black woman in a car before he got into the store. And I don't know what store it was, but he, uh, he went to the black neighborhood so he'd be sure and find black people in the store. Mm. And then he shot a man right after he entered, and then another. And then he shot himself. Wow. And, and killed himself. Um, so um, this was in Jacksonville, by the way, if I didn't say so. Yeah. Uh, now, most of my listeners may be yawning at this point uh, and saying, so what else is new? Uh, which just goes to show that the Americans are getting used to uh, the uh, multiple mass shootings on weekends and and are saying, oh, well, so what? This is, you know, this is the usual thing. Paw for the course. Yeah, it's hardly worth reporting <laughs> yeah. these days, they think. Uh, well, there are other people like me who think it is not normal. I didn't grow up with this. I grew up um, 
among people who had guns, uh, New, Mexican, New Mexicans, and especially out in the country where there are coyotes and, uh, and other varmints, uh, people uh, have guns and they also hunt regularly, uh, but not AK-47s uh, or AR-15s. This uh, would, would be unthinkable or would have been back in my day. So anyway, about three weeks ago, I highlighted the campaign of Roland Gutierrez, who is at present a member of the Texas State Legislature and is now also a candidate for the U.S. Senate. And he is running against Ted Cruz. And Ted Cruz has nobody on the Republican side trying to take his seat away, as far as I know. Um, and I needn't speak very long about Ted Cruz, whom we all know and love, of <laughs> course. <laughs> uh, he was the one who flew, to, uh, who fled, I should say, to the Bahamas for a warm beach vacation while Texas temperatures dropped way below freezing. Our power grid, which is unique to Texas, we're not attached to the U.S. power grid because we are the Lone Star State, of course. But anyway, our power grid proved inadequate for those freezing temperatures, um, and the grid failed for the whole state. And people found themselves um, also in San Antonio without power, light, heat, or water. And some of us for a five-day stretch, in my case, from Sunday through Thursday. So um, the official number of people frozen to death was three, 300. Wow. The unofficial number, which is more than double that, is 800. And we've learned uh, to trust unofficial numbers under our present Abbott administration because they don't want to admit um, the failure of the grid, which, by the way, has not been upgraded since. Although we had another sub-freezing week uh, this past year, um, and by some miracle, the grid didn't didn't uh, collapse, and it apparently was thanks to the uh, power sources the um, Abbott administration is not enthusiastic about, namely wind and solar power, and the backup. Um, uh, power sources, which was, were batteries, which stored the power from those two uh, renewable sources. <laughs> but to go back then to the politics. Um, now, Ted Cruz has uh, supported, did support Trump throughout his administration, and he still supports Trumpism, and that's about enough said about uh, Ted Cruz's politics. And um, as I said three weeks ago, I highlighted the campaign of Roland Gutierrez, who immediately responded to the stricken parents, relatives, and friends of the 19 students and two teachers who were massacred in the Uvalde shooting. Um, the issue um, is very close to uh, Representative Gutierrez's heart. Um, it is, of course, the representative, the, uh, the, uh, the uh, issue of gun violence um, and the need to tighten gun restrictions. Now, Ted, meanwhile, is watching the polls. 
Uh, on the whole, he is solidly pro-gun and anti-restrictions, although he might waver if public sentiment moves noticeably to the left on that issue, because Ted is a canny politician who watches things like that because he wants to stay in power. He's a chameleon. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Uh, the gun problem, meanwhile, has been at an all-time high this year, with, uh, and I think this is an undercount. Uh, but anyway, it was in the newspapers, and so I'm reporting it. Uh, to 30, 33 mass shootings since January and 105 dead. Wow. And those numbers increased over this past weekend to 38 mass shootings and 114 dead. Uh, when we include um, those recent figures, of course. The GOP, uh, however, is not moving left on the issue. Um, an article appeared in yesterday's uh, Express News, that's the Sunday paper this week, um, by Colleen Sanders for the Associated Press. And the title of her article is... Uh, GOP's support for gun restrictions dwindles. A poll by the Associated Press, the NORC, and the Center for Public Affairs shows that 92% of Democrats are in favor of heightening gun restrictions. The GOP is 40% in favor, although in the last few days that has dropped to 32 despite uh, the slaughter over the weekend. Independent voters' uh, support for stricter gun controls has also dropped from 61%, no, I'm sorry, to 61% uh, from 72%. And uh, wow. Co Colleen, that's too bad. <laughs> I'm sorry to report yeah. that about independence, but anyway, uh, Colleen Sanders quotes one voter from Boonville, Arkansas, who says that the divide between the parties goes way beyond guns, and of course that is true. Uh, she also reports that parents are buying bulletproof backpacks for their children to wear to school. How about that? God, wow. In this, in this country of uh, freedom and liberty and happiness and all the rest, so the kids, uh, at least from the rear, they have some protection. <laughs> I don't know about the front. Okay, so both sides then, the Republican and Democrat, want to reduce mass shootings, yes. Um, the majority supports background checks and red flag laws, but there's a difference uh, uh, in the parties, of course. Um, 90, 92 Democrats and si against 62%. Um, of uh, Republicans uh, want background checks and red flag, flag laws. President Biden says that the laws passed last year for gun safety don't go far enough, and uh, I think everybody agreed about that when they were passed. But everybody said, well, it's at least something. But it hasn't stopped uh, mass shootings in the least. He wants, that is Biden wants, to stop the sale of AK-47s and AR-15s, and the latter AR-15s seem to be the favorites. And uh, in the presidential uh, debate last week, 
Only two out of the eight candidates spoke about mass shootings. Chris Christie said he would imprison shooters and Rams, uh, Ramaswamy uh, advocated for an increase in, in police presence. Uh, and I think that's already happening, certainly in Texas. Um, the schools are ordered to hire more police to be on the uh, beat at all times in schools and also doors that lock from the inside and um, bars on the windows and um, a lot of things that make the schools feel just like prisons. Um, so anyway, only two out of the eight even bothered to talk about, uh, about gun restrictions, and I don't think they used the word guns, either one of them, because that is a sacred word that we don't pronounce because it would prejudice things if we talked about them. That is, if you're a Republican, that is. Uh, now, polling the general public, the general public shows more support of gun control. It's uh, the, uh, the Democratic Party um, was 92 percent uh, in favor, and the general public is 95 percent. Wow, uh, oh, that's pretty high. Oh, dem Democrats. Yeah. That, yeah. And, yeah. and, but get this, 80, uh, the general public. Or just sort of a general, um, I, I guess the, the party is known here, and the Republicans are 81%. 80, uh, these are Republicans and independents thrown in together. Yeah. Uh, 81% uh, approve gun restrictions. So that mm. is... That's amazing. Uh, it's amazing and it's wonderful, but yeah. uh, it doesn't seem to make a dent on the, our, uh, our, our uh, Congress. Um, so there remains a split uh, between sides over the question of whether gun control measures, oh yeah, this is a different, slightly different issue. Uh, the split is over uh, uh, whether gun control measures would decrease mass shooting attacks. And Democrats think so, that it would, and Republicans don't think it would. I think the Republicans are right there because of the restrictions that were passed last year by Congress uh, have not uh, changed the, uh, the the mass shooting incidents. In fact, they have increased. So returning, this is the general situation, but we, now we're gonna return to the race for US Junior Senate uh, for Texas, uh, the seat for Texas. And so far I've mentioned Roland Gutierrez and Ted Cruz, and we already know what their position on guns is. But there's another Democrat, a Democratic candidate in the race, who is better positioned than Gutierrez. And his name is Colin Alfred. He was born in Dallas, and he's a former NFL back, uh, linebacker. Uh, he was there for five seasons until he was injured. And then he became a civil rights attorney and worked until he became uh, a member of our House of Representatives. He worked at the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development. And a as a House member, his priorities have been lowering health care costs, protecting Medicare and Social Security, expanding access to vocational and trade schools, 
and lowering the cost of colleges. And he's also concerned about the area's infrastructure around, that's around Dallas and in the country, the roads and the bridges and so forth. Um, and he wants to pass comprehensive immigration reform and take care of the, our veterans. So um, his publicity, and this, this is his uh, publicity screed that I'm reading from here, uh, and his publicity never mentions guns or the plague of mass shootings. Mm -hmm. Wow. So um, that is a strange thing, uh, but there you are. Uh, he is already established in the U.S. Congress as a representative of a large area around Dallas, and he already has a substantial war chest somewhere in the lowlands. So he's really well set for this race. And obviously, Gutierrez um, has stiff comp competition and only the voters can choose between them. Uh, and actually, the voters uh, can even out the difference in the, in the two, between the two, and probably will. But for those non-Texans who have listened to this talk up to this point, uh, the crux of the matter is whether either one, Colon or Gutierrez, has a chance of unseating Ted Cruz. Alfred Colon seems to be a solid middle-of-the-road Democrat who doesn't rock the Democratic vote, whereas Gutierrez is a passionate firebrand crusading for one issue above all others, and that is, of course, how to prevent mass killings in the U.S. Uh, he has been uh, closely associated with the, um, the bereaved people in Uvalde. He goes back there uh, very often. Uh, he represents them, of course, and uh, uh, he's very concerned about what is going to happen uh, in Uvalde, and he is uh, he decries the neglect of the Republican administration, that is mainly Greg Abbott, uh, of the entire thing, and the fact that Abbott has only, I think he's only visited one time uh, to Uvalde, and that was the day after when he was praising the rapid response of the police, who, as, as you may know, I don't know, but you may know that it was, I think, 77 minutes delay before, yeah. um, before a uh, border patrol police man dared to confront the shooter and shot him dead. He walked into the classroom full of, of um, mutilated, hideously mutilated bodies and the, and the shooter standing over them and shot him. Uh, but it took them 77 minutes to get their gumption up to do that. And here was Abbott not knowing, not knowing the facts about this horrid, horrible delay, while people who were uh, less wounded but bleeding out uh, had a chance to die, which they did. Uh, so the, the whole toll was 19 students and two teachers. And one of the teachers and one of the students were uh, telephoning out 
um, to 911 this whole time, begging for the police to come. And for some reason, 911 did not communicate with the police. And so it was a whole snafu. The whole thing was a, a terrible bungle. Uh, and it costs all those lives. In any case, Gutierrez is passionate about this, and he is doing his best to make it a national cause, which, of course, it is. We simply don't want this kind of massacre, which is one of the worst massacres this year, uh, to, uh, to repeat itself. So, um, so, as I said, Colin is the solid middle-of-the-row Democrat who doesn't bother to mention guns at all. Uh, and, um, and Gutierrez is the passionate firebrand. Uh, as for the other issues, he stands in the middle of uh, the bread-and-butter issues, just like Colin, I think, pretty much. He's, he is a solid Democrat. Uh, but which which person is going to call to uh, to call out the voters? Uh, is it the passionate firebrand who has uh, something close to his heart that brings him to tears every so often, Gutierrez, or is it going to be the solid, stolid um, Colin? So that, of course, we will see in November. And. Uh, I'm short. I'm, my time has been too short, but I think we can discuss this matter of, um, of guns in this country. Uh, of course, um, I was talking to uh, my, uh, my trainer, um, who is on the other side. She was a trumper and probably still is. Um, I don't think she's terribly enamored of Trump himself, but she's uh, definitely on the Republican side of the issues in general. And I did bring up the subject of guns with her um, a, a week ago. And uh, she said, if we have any gun restrictions, it's a slippery slope. And pretty soon they'll be coming for our guns, and we cannot do without guns for our defense and for hunting. And uh, and then I mentioned the fact that an AR-15 is not a, a gun for hunting; it just destroys whatever those bullets hit, because they uh, rip it apart and they, uh, render it inedible if it's a deer. Um, and she sort of uh, said, yeah, that, that was true, that we really didn't need um, uh, weapons of mass destruction um, for hunting or for safety. Um, but as far as guns, that everybody should have a gun for, for uh, self-protection. Um, there's a, a strong conviction. And for all I know, she's carrying one in, in her purse right this moment. I didn't ask her. Um, but uh, there you are. That's, that is the general yeah. defense of, of uh, having a gun. Every man, woman, and these days, child having a gun. See, the, yeah, oh, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. I was going to. Uh, you know, I was going to chime in and say basically uh, the NRA tries to push that that argument that they're trying to take away our guns so we can't protect ourselves. And yeah. most people that are in favor of gun control don't want that to happen. They don't mind your trainer 
carrying a uh, a pistol if she's trained to shoot mm-hmm. and she's uh, she has no mental illness and she's been screened and everything like that uh, what the argument on the other side is that, that you don't need an AK-47 to shoot a deer or to shoot a rabbit. In fact, it, it flies in the face of that, as you said. It makes it inedible to mm-hmm. to do it. And the the real hardcore uh, gun folks, you know, uh, pro gun rights, uh, they want they they want no right from the government to to take away anything, including the the machine guns and the automatic weapons. Because at the, at the heart of it, at the heart of it, they are talking and making the argument that you should be able to protect yourself, defend yourself against the government, which, by the way, is an antiquated idea. We look, no matter what side of the aisle you are on, um, I think a reasonable person says that the government is not going to come in and and just start gathering up people like uh, like the Nazis did, or they're not going to take right. away your rights. They're not going to do that. But it's the extreme arguments that that uh, affect the people that you need to to hopefully bring in into the middle. So the thing is, in in one sense, in one sense, if you look at these two men, Gutierrez and Alred. Uh, all red. Uh, the the issue is that Gutierrez is running to the left, and he's taking the position. Uh, and by the way, it's you understand his passion, you respect his passion. But if he wins the primary, the Democratic primary, which he very well can, if uh, if he wins the Democratic primary, then he goes up against Ted Cruz, and every person that has a gun is going to line up to uh, to be. Um, you know, to be voting against Gutierrez because they're going to say he's going to take away all your guns. And, yeah. uh, you know, that's not the thing. Alred, if somehow uh, Colin Alred uh, could uh, could get out of the the primary and run, he actually, his position on guns and not being as passionate about guns, uh, he actually has a better chance, I think, in the general election, at least on that point, against Ted Cruz. Because he's not, he's not slamming, slamming away at, at guns and uh, the, the Second Amendment and, uh, and all of that. He's, he's, simply not, he's simply not doing that. Um, and, and the thing is, uh, if he can get out of the, if he can get out of the, uh, the primary, the Democratic primary, uh, and on that issue, and just simply talking about the issue, I don't know enough about both candidates to, to even give an intelligent opinion on, on who has a better chance in the general election. But on the gun portion of it, it's going to be hard to uh, it's going to be hard to paint Allred as the guy that wants to take away all your guns, because once he's the only Democrat in, if you know, assuming he wins his primary, um, then he could run to the middle or even to the right and try to steal away moderate. Uh, Republican votes or or left-leaning Republican votes and there is such a thing to do the only other thing is that that he's he's African-American and I always worry about prejudice and in uh, in a race in in a state like Texas Uh, um, is Gutierrez is Hispanic of course and uh, you know is uh, do does the bigot vote just automatically go against Colin uh, Alred, or is uh, are they equal opportunity haters, and will they hate 
Gutierrez because of his surname um, uh, as much as they do uh, uh, Colin uh, Allred uh, for the color of his skin. So the thing is, like, I think there's there's something the way out too, and I I just simply don't know the answer to that. But you you know you make a you know you lay it out nicely, and uh, the truth of the matter is that that Ted Cruz is almost automatically if he runs against Gutierrez, everybody who's got a gun is voting for Ted Cruz. Every single person who walks into the practically walks into the voting booth who has a gun is probably going to stick with. Uh, is going to stick with Cruz, uh, regardless of what side uh, of the aisle they're on, if that's their single purpose. If their single purpose is simply um, gun or no gun, uh, there's no way Gutierrez gets that gets that vote. On the Democrats, yeah, well, yeah. go ahead. Uh, the, yeah, the, the, I'm overemphasized uh, saying he's against guns in general. He sure. Is against, yeah. He's against the uh, semi-automatic guns. And so is Biden, by the way. Yeah, of course. Um, is against the uh, AK-47s and the uh, AR-15s, but he's perfectly happy if people have regular guns like ra- rifles and uh, uh, shotguns and pistols. Right. Uh, because those are the ones that we've always had since colonial times, uh, and those are the ones that we use for our protection at home. We may have one in the in the night table. Uh, for our protection at night when somebody breaks yep. in. Yep. Uh, and we may have a, a rifle uh, uh, hanging on the wall somewhere, or, and uh, we hope in better safety than that, uh, for going hunting every so often when the season comes around. Uh, and that's fine. That's fine with him, too. Uh, so he's not against guns, mm-hmm. all of guns. He's against the ones that tear people to pieces. Well, I... I... I understand this. Uh, I understand this uh, completely. But what I'm saying, if you make guns an issue, any guns, it could be yeah. tanks, it could be flamethrowers, it could be bazookas. If you make yeah. uh, a gun, any gun at all, an issue, you are considered anti-gun. Uh, and I yeah. imagine that would go mm-hmm. double in Texas. Yes, yes, uh, I'm afraid so. Although he is in the House of Representatives here. <laughs> yeah, well, his district, um, yeah, that means he won his district. And, you yes, know, and the, yeah. So the question is, you know, um, you know, what what is all reds district look like? I mean, is it is it more of a Republican district than uh, than Gutierrez is? I think it is. It's um, east east Dallas. So it's about half of Dallas, I would guess, uh, from the middle to the east. And then it, it droops down. It's sort of the length of the average dragon. And it kind of looks like a dragon. Um, with holding something in its hand because there's a, a small branch that goes a little more westward. Uh, but it goes down uh, slanting towards the Gulf Coast. Um, and I couldn't give you the names of the counties because I'm not that familiar with all the counties in Texas. But but it takes in quite a big chunk of, uh, of Texas there on the uh, middle to the east um, of the state, uh, and uh, yeah, I think that's mainly Republican territory in there. Although the city of Dallas itself votes Democratic, so it's it's slightly tipped towards uh, towards the Democrats in the city itself, and that's true of all the cities in Texas. So See, it's always yeah, it's always a, a competition between the uh, the urban and the 
uh, and the rural communities. And the rural communities are wildly Republican always. Yeah. Well, see, here's here's the thing is you could almost I, I could almost have told you who has the uh, who has the stronger, quote unquote, Republican district by just what I knew about how they are on guns. Right. Because yeah. uh, all all red uh, would ha- probably have no chance to win in Gutierrez district if he was uh, if, if he was running a Democratic primary, because we have to assume if Gutierrez has won, has won his district, that he's uh, that his voters are OK with what he's uh, how vocal he's being about guns. That would give you some indication of. And, and again, I, I want to reiterate what you said. Just because somebody is against uh, uh, automatic weapons, which I am, that doesn't mean that we're against we're against pistols or we're against, you know, legal uh, pistols being held by intelligent, uh, sane people. You know, where that's that's a whole other your your trainer from everything I know about your trainer. uh, She should have a gun to protect herself as long as it's registered properly. She should have one. Nobody should take away her gun. But your crazy neighbor, if you have one. Uh, two blocks away, living off the grid and 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 shooting an AK-47. I, I don't even think you know. I think too, San Antonio doesn't. It, it's too populated for that. But if you go into any rural area, um, you, you know you could easily have you know some resident just shooting an AK-47 off on his 50 acres of land or his 20 acres of land, whatever it is, and uh, and and just kind of living uh, their their own world. Now that guy, that guy, that gal, whoever that happens to be, if uh, if they're shooting AK forty seven, I'm worried about them, no matter who they are. Yeah, yeah, ditto. Uh, well, the people who have them uh, are either teenagers with uh, with dreams of glory and uh, mastery and all the rest of it, and and actually feel totally inadequate and uh, and therefore. Um, they need to overreact, uh, or they are uh, adults who have never grown out of their teenage insecurities, um, and worse, and uh, uh, who who joined the Nazi Party or the Ku Klux Klan or whatever, yeah. um, and uh, uh, and it's that kind of people which are in a small minority. I don't know about teenagers though. I worry about male uh, teenagers. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't think female teenagers have this kind of problem, but boys are supposed to be tough and, uh, you know, I mean, manly and masculine. And, yeah, masculine and uh, undefeatable and all the rest and sporty and so on. And uh, th- those who aren't really inclined that way uh, think, well, if I get an AK. Or an AR-15, I will um, make a big impression with that. That'll make me uh, powerful and masculine. Uh, So it's more of a male problem than a female one because that's not an aspiration for women on the whole. (laughs) I I don't say there aren't (laughs) women like that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, I... I, I know that uh, that my uh, trainer's family, my uh, she and her husband, I'm sure have guns, uh, but they don't have automatic <laughs> weapons like that. They don't need it, and uh, so they've got them for protection. When he, he goes uh, 
far and wide. He is a uh, uh, he's a specialist in uh, air conditioning, and so he uh, is sorely needed around this community. Believe me, to keep air conditioning uh, uh, things uh, units working uh, in this over a hundred degree, we've had sixty days now of over a hundred degree temperatures with no relief. Uh, and uh, I'm afraid it's going to continue. It's it's over 100 today, or will be. And uh, so, um, uh, so anyway, he uh, he goes out in all kinds of districts and so on. And uh, you never know what you're going to encounter out there. So I I don't mind him carrying maybe a pistol with him. I I don't think he he has it on his body, but he probably has one in the truck. Um, and that's fine with me. And uh, I don't know about her whether she has it in her purse or not. But uh, it's okay if she wants to. Uh, it's perfect that she can carry it openly now. It's it's now anybody, whether they're trained or not, can own and display a weapon, that is, a, a firearm, uh, in public. So I could march down the street with, uh, with a rifle over my shoulder, and I am perfectly legal. <laughs> I'm sure you see it. I'm sure you see people with, uh, with guns uh, shown. Well, you don't, oddly enough. I haven't seen anybody with an, uh, except the police uh, with guns uh, on their hips or over their shoulders or any other way. Uh, so San Antonio, well, of course, San Antonio is a democratic city on the whole. Um, but uh, it depends. Uh, I live up in the north where, uh, where white, it's a white majority up here. Um, and I think there was a quiet, has been a quiet uh, redlining against uh, black people. But Hispanics are all over. Um, you can't keep Hispanics out here in Texas because they're almost the majority now. They're probably, they may be the majority. I think they're about 60% of the population. And I've got a bunch of new neighbors and, um, and uh, it's, Two out of three that surround me, I've got, I'm backed up against a commercial alley, so there are no neighbors in the rear. But uh, on three sides, I've got two Hispanic families and one Anglo. Uh, and uh, I'm not sure. I think maybe the Hispanics may be more inclined to have weapons because they feel more oppressed here in Texas. So uh, it's it's an interesting mix, um, probably more interesting than many of the other states, because Texas was um, the main refuge uh, during the uh, unrest, the revolution, uh, rebellion in uh, Mexico against the government when Pancho Villa was, yeah. um, was abroad, um, uh, and, and when they were being defeated uh, all their allies came across the border to Texas. <laughs> so h half of Texas, uh, Texas increased in size. Uh, it doubled in size, I should say, right then. And uh, the south, southern, and western parts of Texas were entirely Hispanic. And there was, they were, it was a sort of ghetto for many years. And it still hasn't caught up with the rest of the city. 
And the eastern, there's an eastern section of Texas where the former slaves um, and other blacks who came in later um, congregated. So we have uh, on our south side, the south is divided into a black section on the east and a Hispanic on the west. Um, and then the north is generally speaking, as I was saying, white, so-called white, um, but uh, anglicized Hispanics are up here in large numbers. So um, uh, it's, it, it's an interesting place to live, and it's not my native, uh, my native state, which is New Mexico, which is very different. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's so quiet by comparison. <laughs> yeah, it really is much different than Texas. I mean, Texas is uh, is unique. Is uh, is unique. Uh, New Mexico is too. I mean, you go to, uh, by Taos. Uh, mm -hmm. Is that uh, what it is? Is you got a mini Grand Canyon over there, but you got a whole hippie community there, and then you could find that throughout New Mexico. And um, but it is a much different. It is a much different vibe than uh, than Texas, which is very hard, very, very hard right in, in many ways, Texas. Yes, it is. Um, well, it was a uh, Confederate state. Right. And New Mexico was not. So there you go. And that in itself makes a whole difference. Yeah. And the eastern half of Texas geographically is... Uh, the southern, it's the south, with uh, cypress trees and swamps and all the rest. Uh, and that's where uh, cotton was grown. That was the major crop uh, in the 19th century. And, uh, and so the white settlers, uh, while, while Texas was still a part of Mexico, which it was until uh, 19, uh, 1836, uh, when it declared itself to be a republic, uh, and then it became a, a part of the United States ten years later. Um, so while it was still a Mexico, it was against the law to have slaves. Uh, Mexico had outlawed slavery, and yet the settlers managed to bring them in under the guise of uh, indentured servants. And so... Uh, uh, so the east of Texas was all planted in cotton and harvested by b black people. Yeah, semantics. Semantics. Got, got semantics, it, and, and they got away with it because of semantics. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's a, it's, a, it's a unique state, and this is going to be a unique race. Uh, and it always is. And, and you gotta you got to start out by thinking that Ted Cruz is is the odds on favorite to return to to senate but again anything can happen we've seen in, in politics and and we use this expression here in new york that if you don't like the way things are just wait in 10 minutes everything can be completely different so we don't know mm -hmm. you know we don't know what everybody will um will be thinking um you know maybe in retrospect uh better rock um uh, shouldn't have run against Abbott uh, last year, and he should have saved it up to run against uh, Ted Cruz, because maybe you're going to have a you're going to have a very complicated situation with uh, Donald J. Trump at the top of the ticket if, in fact, um, he survives, and uh, and and you know that's a whole you know that's a whole other story. Uh, what can happen there? I, I mean, you may get every 
every anti-Trumper uh, known to man coming out <laughs> just to vote uh, in in Texas, and you might uh, see uh, you, you might see record numbers of anti-Trump people uh, mm -hmm. coming out and voting and voting in Texas. I mean, you got to believe still Trump would be the odds-on favorite to win Texas, or any Republican would be in the presidential. But you never know what can happen. And and Beto O'Rourke, I wonder if he's second-guessing. And again, that's a subject for another time. I'm wondering if he's second-guessing running against Abbott last year and if he would have timed it better maybe to run against Cruz next year would have been, mm. uh, uh, you know, more prudent. Yeah, I think it probably would have. Uh, he might have won, too. You never yeah. know. Let's see. Yeah. You know, we'll see how this plays out. But this is interesting, and guess what? It won't be the last time we talk about it. It's going to be very interesting as it comes, <laughs> as it comes as it into comes focus. Closer. Yes, exactly. Uh, yeah, we're sure to talk about it again. Well, Doc, great job as always. Uh, any closing uh, word on this? You have a prediction on the Democratic primary because that's the first thing that'll happen is the Democratic primary, and um, if if you uh, if you had to give a if you had a gun to your head, a terrible analogy here, but if you had a gun to your head at this moment, where would, uh, where would your, your bet, uh, where would you lay your money? Would you lay it on uh, Alred or would you uh, lay it on Gutierrez to get out of the primary? Oh, I'm, I'm afraid Alred, uh, I, I fear that, that the, the milder one, the one who uh, has all the bread and butter issues in his uh, uh, his publicity statements uh, is the one who's going to win out because uh, I think people are uh, they they may be inspired by a firebrand, but I think they're a little bit uneasy about that. Yeah, yeah, no, I I tend to agree with you too. Let's see how it all plays out, Doc. Great job as always, and to everyone out there, we thank you all for listening each and every week. Uh, you've been listening to Dr. Florence Byham Weinberg. Uh, wait for her memoir, the 17th book, to come out. We've heard excerpts, and, and we encourage everyone to to uh, look for uh, us online. You can find us just about anywhere you enjoy podcasts, just about anywhere, and uh, and, and radio, online radio, and just um, uh, binge listen. Uh, you can cherry pick and binge listen. But uh, Frank McKay here signing off. We'll see you next time on The Florence Weinberg Show.